Yes, Lord, we know this. Father God, we've been living in it for quite a while now. And we thank you for the revelation of your love and truth that brings us to freedom and helps us to understand what's really going on behind the scenes in this war uh, that Satan is uh, raging and waging for the souls of men. And as we come to the climax and the culmination of that war after uh, centuries, Father God, and decades, and uh, we just thank you, Lord, for the guidance of your Holy Spirit today. I pray that you give us eyes to see and ears to hear and a heart to receive that revelation so we will not be caught up in the conspiracy and be lost in the end, Father God. And I thank you, Jesus, for wisdom. I thank you for you dying on the cross. That was the pivotal point that changed the events of history, destinies, eternal destinies forever. Thank you for your resurrection. Thank you for giving us power as warriors in the kingdom uh, to wage this war against the enemy by binding and loosing, forgiving. And Father God, I thank you that we will use those powers and authorities as you have said. You said, whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. You said, you'll trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. But Lord God, we have to be courageous to do that. We can't just read those words. We have to enforce them. So give us grace today. Help us to understand in Jesus name. Amen. Well, there's so many things that you can say when you talk on the radio. There's just a million things, and they all kind of run together. But as I was thinking this morning about what we should talk about, I'm going to talk about conspiracy theory. It's a big buzzword everywhere all the time for the last five, ten years. Everybody's in some sort of conspiracy or anti-conspiracy theory, and it's kind of a divisive thing because, you know, really bottom lining everything, which we like to get to the bottom line pretty quickly in these days when we don't have time to read millions of arguments and whatnot, that the con- there is a conspiracy, uh, obviously, either it's a conspiracy and there's a war, or this is all an accident down here. This is just a, a primordial, primordial accident where everything just sort of happened and um, <laughs> just fell into place through evolution and uh, no divine design in the whole thing. But you know what? To uh, It's either an accident and you have to believe in evolution and you have to have faith in nothing, that everything came from chaos or the big bang or you can trust in and believe in god and jesus christ when he came here really ex- uh, exemplified it, it de- defined the conspiracy when he ran headlong into it almost every day of his ministry with the pharisees and the sadducees and the and the ones who resisted the kingdom of god so um but here's the deal the conspiracy theory uh, the debate over whether it's uh, really here or it's what's really going on, what is the truth, is the way Satan wages his war. He divides the kingdom. He sets us up into debate. Um, so it's either an accident or this whole thing is very deliberate. And Satan has a wonderful, brilliant way of, of keeping himself out of the limelight in this well-orchestrated, ordered chaos that he set up for us to live in. Right now, he is the God of this world, and he has done a brilliant job, um, one that could, of creating such a divisive way of turning mankind, humankind, against each other. 
dividing us on everything from race, color, creed to uh, dispositions, generations, whatever it is. He wants us to kill one another. He really does not have the authority to kill us because if he did, guess what? He would have already done it. He has to use our power and authority to get us to shed each other's blood. And then he takes the credit. He kind of he kind of manipulates the outcomes, but he has uses us to destroy ourselves so that he can have what he really wants, and that is a kingdom of his own without all of us, uh, this uh, vile human content that carry around the image of God. That he just... He wants to purge this earth of all of us so that he can have a nice place for himself with no remembrance uh, of God or God's images or God's children. So he, Satan does this. He hides himself in the middle of us, in the midst of us. Um, he goes, moves freely through the world's forms of government, commerce, trade, communication, um, ideas and things, everything, anything essential to our life. So right now, they're poking at even the most basic things that we need to live, you know, baby formula and food and gasoline and things. They're, they're just trying to rip us out at the very root of our existence. Um, but um, he is unseen, never pointed at as the problem to most. However, those of us who know the truth, we see you know, we have eyes to see and a heart that needs to repent. This is really, really serious. This is not, this is not fa a fantasy, fable, fairy tale, uh, a Disney movie. This is really the real thing. This life and death struggle between good and evil, God and Satan, are, and we're hanging in the balance. So, um, what do we ever stop and think? Well, what what can what can stop this madness? that this God of, the, of this world has put us in, um, is setting us up in fear, using us to kill and murder and destroy each other, to take life from those uh, whomever we choose, to steal um, people's livelihoods, their food, their souls, and think nothing of it. Do not even blush. Jeremiah, you know, and Isaiah too, they were the prophets who warned of the doom and the judgments that were going to come. <clears throat> they called them the judgments of God, and indeed they were God's judgments, but they came as a result of the people rejecting God and choosing to live in their own uh, under the counsel of, of the enemy. So in, in Jeremiah chapter 6, he says, um, uh, verse 13, uh, let's see. Mm -hmm. to, I'm going to start with verse 10. To whom shall I speak and give warning that they may hear indeed they, their ears are uncircumcised and they cannot give heed. Behold, the word of the Lord is, is a reproach to them. This is so right on. They have no delight in it. No delight in the word of God, the truth, the coming of the king. Therefore, I am full of the fury of the Lord. This is Jeremiah. I'm weary of holding it in. I will pour out it out on the children outside the, and on the assembly of the young men altogether, the husbands and the wives, the aged and those who are full of days. Their houses shall be turned over to others, fields and wives together, for I will stretch out my hand against the inhabitants of the land, says the Lord. Because, here's the part, from the least of them, even to the greatest of them, everyone is given to covetousness. And from the prophet, even to the priest, everyone deals falsely. They have also heeded, they have also healed the hurt of my people slightly, saying, peace, peace, when there is no peace. They were, were they ashamed when they committed abominations? No, they were not at all ashamed nor did they know how to blush. 
In other words, they weren't embarrassed. They weren't ashamed. They weren't holding themselves accountable or guilty. Therefore, they shall fall among those who fall. At the time I punish them, they shall be cast down, says the Lord. Now, that's really current. That's about as current as you can get in terms of advice and wisdom and counsel from God. So this, it's taken us again. Oh, this, this is a cycle. The world's been through this cycle many, many times where God calls them back. They come to God for a little while, and then they drift off. Satan draws them off into his wickedness, into covetousness, greed, lying, deception. Um, you know, because Satan really does have temporary jurisdiction over this earth, according to Matthew 4, 8 through 10, when Jesus confronted Matthew, uh, uh, John, um, uh, the devil, he was, Jesus was in the wilderness being tempted. And their conversation went something like this. Um, the, in the temptation, he, uh, he said, again, the devil took him up on an exceeding high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. The devil did this. And he said to Jesus, all these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. So there's a deal Satan wants to make with Jesus. Just worship me one time. Just eat one bite of the apple. Just do it one more time. We'll do this again, and then I'll have everything forever and for real. But Jesus said to him, and he, by the way, Jesus did not say, no, the kingdom doesn't belong to you, because temporarily it is. The jurisdiction, the injustices, the, the way the devil runs things is the way things are run. And his henchmen are in place, and his demons uh, run the show as as they have been given free permission through us. So we've given them, transferred our power, our agreements to them. And Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. Then the devil left him, and behold, the angels came and ministered to him. So there's a certain amount of time here where we have to re- we have to endure. We have to resist um, the God of this world and his narratives. Uh, we have to stay true to the Lord, worship the Lord God, no matter what the circumstance, no matter what everybody else is doing, no matter what it looks like. And I'd say to worship God, we want to stay in a place of praise and a place of, of faith and expectation, knowing that we are loved, this is temporary, God wins, and we're good. So Satan, however, because he does run the world and the kingdoms and the authority that he won, actually in the Garden War in Eden, um, Jesus did not say or dispute them. Um, he declares, but Jesus declares, gives us a prayer to pray through the Our Father, which I'm sure you all know. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. Okay. So the kingdom of God is coming. It's coming. And right now, if we just live in the moment, we may not see or, or prepare for the coming of the Lord Um so, but Jesus warns us that, you know, all through his ministry, which he really focused, he really brought to light the hidden works of darkness in that he became a, like a, a target for the, the works of darkness, the demons, the enemy, they all attacked him. So obviously it was kind of like a contact point where, you know, to review, to um, uh, make known, make known the hidden works of darkness because they came out of their holes to attack him. Um, but Jesus warns us, this. He says, nothing is as it appears. Nothing will remain hidden. So you understand that the devil's whole plan here is to make everything remain hidden until it is too late, until there is no turning back. And Matthew says, uh, verse chapter 10, verse 26, therefore do not fear them. Um, he's talking about Beelzebub, etc. 
do not fear them, for there is nothing covered that will not be revealed and nothing hidden that will not be made known. Mark says the same thing in Mark chapter 4, where all of these things that have been looked made to look a certain way, good, healthy, profitable, okay, acceptable, are going to be revealed for what they really are. Um, he says, for there is nothing, Mark 4.22, nothing hidden which will not be revealed, nor anything has, that has been kept secret, but that it should come to light. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. So God, Jesus is always saying, if you have ears to hear, hear, understand, know what's going on. This is, this is the time of testing. It's also the time of deception. Jesus said in the last days, Matthew 24, the first thing he said when they said, well, what, how are we going to know? End of the world, last days. He says, do not be deceived. So everything out there is for the very purpose of deceiving. And the people who are rejecting the truth, not checking out the fruit of things, are very vulnerable and you know, likely to be deceived. Jesus said it this way. He said um, that we, sh- we will know things we will discern things by their fruit. By your by their fruits, you shall know them, Matthew seven twenty. So looking at what, you know, not what the people are saying, not even what they're doing, not what they're trying to hide, but what is the fruit of their life? What is coming out of their life? Are they uh, endorsing full-term abortions? If, if anybody does that, you really don't need to look any further for any more fruit to verify their true intentions. Murder is in their heart. Their hearts have been hardened. They have no... Uh, thought of God or the love of God or the will of God or desire it. So at that point, they are lost unless they can be um, brought to the light and repent. So Jesus said, by their fruits, you shall know them. This is not judging. This is discerning. You, we do it all the time, every day. Every time you go to the store to buy a piece of fruit, you're going to discern, look, check, is it, what, what's the quality? Is it, you know, is it rotten? Is it something I can use? We inspect it, we discern it for its quality. Jesus is telling us the the fail-safe way to discern a matter, to know whether it's to be true or not, is by inspecting the fruit. And so um, this isn't that hard because there's really only two kingdoms, heaven and hell. So it's going to either come from or belong to heaven or hell. So if it reduces down to um, coming from fear, stress, anxiety, coercion, intimidation, um, you know, it's from hell. If it comes down to peace, God's got this. I'm trusting the Lord. It's, he's good. It comes from heaven. And we really need to cling to what we know of the word of God because everything that can be shaken, obviously, is going to be shaken and is being shaken. So the problem with discerning the truth really comes, it lies in the eye of the beholder. Jesus, Isaiah, Paul, Jeremiah, all tell us talk to us about having eyes, having eyes they do not see, having ears they do not hear. And this becomes a super concern because if you have eyes, we have eyes, but we're not noticing anything. We have ears, we're hearing things, but we're not really hearing. We're not really listening. We're not really discerning what is being planned, plotted, said, what laws are being passed, what's going on, you know. And then there's all kinds of levels of information, all designed to intermingle, mix, confuse, um, exhaust us in trying to discern, well, how's this going to end? What's going to happen? You know, how, how much longer do we have? Is this thing going to turn around? Is, is, is Trump going to come back? Is this, that, whatever? You know, the thing is, what we do know is that Jesus Christ is coming back. 
and it really looks quite close to his coming. All creation is groaning. We have the moon giving us signs, the signs in the sun, you know, all of these things are speaking to us, but it, do we have ears to hear? Are we paying attention? Or are we so busy, busy, busy trying to just get from one day to the next or pay our house payment or whatever, or keep ourselves from ending up in the street that we forget the eternal destinies of what's really going on here? So uh, having eyes, you know, we if we have eyes, let's ask the Lord to show us, use the, our eyes, open our eyes so that we won't be fooled and deceived. Um, and we refuse, we have to refuse to live in the lie. We have to ask the Lord for the truth. Because if we don't, Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 10 is, is, is about to happen. And that is when people refuse the love of the truth, when God the truth, Jesus who is the truth, comes to present to you the truth, which is peace, righteousness, love, joy, forgiveness. Um, know that God is coming again. Uh, his kingdom is a kingdom of love and forgiveness. When we refuse that truth, it says um, in Second Thessalonians chapter 2, um, let's just read a few of those verses. They're very relevant for today. I'm talking about um, the lawless one. Now, it, verse 6, Now And now you know what is restraining that he may be revealed in his own time. He being the Antichrist verses above that will tell you that. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he, capital H, who now restrains, will do so until he is taken out of the way. He, capital H. So the Holy Spirit, the restrainer who lives and abides in the believers, in the hearts and minds of the believers, he is restraining and he will restrain, hold back the wickedness until he is taken out of the way. The interesting thing is he abides and dwells in us. So if he's taken out of the way, more than likely we're going to have to be taken out of the way too for the most part. And then it says, and then the lawless one will be revealed whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. Is this not a conspiracy? Is this not telling you full on that there's a conspiracy where God is going to actually come at the end and with the breath of his mouth destroy with the brightness of his coming this evil, wicked assault against mankind? The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan. Okay, there he is. There it is. He's been hiding out, but he's now put on the spotlight with all power, signs, and lying wonders. So Satan is going to be using power, signs, lying wonders, divination, deception, fake Holy Spirit, fake Jesus, fake church, fake everything to deceive, if were possible, even the very elect. And with all unrighteous deception among those who perish. Because why? They did not refuse, they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. Okay, so there's the problem. They were, they, they had the truth, they were given the truth, but they refused the love of the truth. They didn't want it that they might be saved. They wanted their own narrative. They wanted their own way. They wanted their own, they, they were, you know, becoming gods unto themselves is what is now the, I've actually heard people, you know, in high places spouting and touting that we're our own gods now. This old ancient God that some serve is, is irrelevant. We know this, that this has always been the way of the world. They always want to, Satan sets us up to think that he's going to make us, we're going to become our own gods only to pull the rug off from under us and he ends up stealing our life, our power, our soul, and laughs at us. It says, and for this reason, God will send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. So um, misleading uh, delusions, illusions, influences, delusions. He, he has to permit it because we have asked for, we've called for it with the exercising of our free will.
we have turned our eyes, our hearts towards the things of, of the enemy. And we refuse the love of the truth. And it says, so God, for this reason, God will send them strong delusion that they should believe the lie that they all may be condemned who did not believe the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. So the ultimate bottom line is where are you going to spend eternity comes down to whose report are you going to believe? Are you going to believe what the Lord God says, how Jesus came and brought the truth, the gospel, the love, the forgiveness, the kingdom of God? Or are you going to believe what you see here, what it looks like, what you're fighting for, you know, trying to amass wealth and get, get, you know, get this and that when all this stuff is temporal and it's going to just, it's wood, hay and stubble. It's not going to last when the fire comes. So the problem here with discerning the, the truth from the lie is, is that we don't receive the love and the truth. We don't receive correction. Um, we've chosen to live in the lie. So then, as I said, God has been obligated because of that rule, the rule whom we choose to serve, whose report are you going to believe? This allows um, us the freedom. You know, he, he, has to, he has to honor our freedom, our free will. And it gives us the freedom to reject him. So those who reject him, they don't get to uh, receive the revelation of truth and peace and eternal life. So when we refuse the love of the truth, we prefer our own opinions, explanations, um, everything else. When we choose passivity, that's what people, they're very passive, very avoidant. They're just, you know, just, I don't want to know about this, uh, the party's on kind of mentality. Um, you know, and we've been soft. Uh, there's been soft and hard programming in our minds, our hearts, our lives, commercials, TV, for for generations. We have, for the most part, lost our first love. We People don't cling to the Bible. Um, their desire for truth has kind of lapsed. Um, you know, it's been re, uh, ex- replaced with self, self-seeking, self-indulgence, self-love, perverted pleasures, and obviously, the contrast is getting more and more distinct between heaven and hell. It's getting easier and easier to see the line between God and Satan if we're willing to choose. So in the midst of all these signs in heaven and earth, um, but, you know, we fail to, to, to follow them, heed them. Um, you know, inevitably, the collision between life and death in your own life is going to happen. And Jesus said, repent in Mark chapter one, verse 15. Jesus said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The time, he says, quote, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. The gospel, oh, which gospel? The gospel of the kingdom of God, the gospel of grace and good news as brought to us through Jesus Christ or the thousands of fake gospels that Satan has set up uh, the electic man-made gospels designed to control through fear, keep people from knowing the true love of God, who they are, and being afraid. Um, or are we going to be able to stand in having done all to stand in this very present danger? The devil has done this to keep the powers of the blood of Jesus and the resurrection locked up, locked up away from us. Don't want to think about it. It's it's irrelevant. It's It's ancient. It's uh, whatever. It's not important. Don't bother me with these things. This is where many, many people are. But, but again, on the other side, the Holy Spirit is working and many, many people are being gathered to the truth. They're coming into the salvation of God. There is a harvest. 
that is coming now that's huge. And the hearts and minds of people are being brought back to the Father. Um, lest we be swept over the cliff and of oblivion. And there we have to um, face the Lord. Now the only way, the only way, if you're going in the wrong direction, the only thing that's going to save your life is to turn around. That was, that's what repentance means, turn around. So repent means turn away from the cliff, turn back, turn back to the Lord. Um, the Old Testament, the New Testament, rightly dividing the covenant that God made with us is the only way that we're going to be able to be delivered from this conspiracy and the treachery that embroils us really seriously. I mean, people have to think about this. Um, you know, they're thinking and distracted about many, many things, but really bottom line, hardcore. So the bottom line is, where are you going to spend eternity? Oh, and how are you going to spend the remainder of your days? In the trivial, trivial pursuits of disputes that foster the devil's rebellion against God? That will cause you to lose your precious life, your opportunities to build merit. How are you going to, what are you going to do? What, what will we do now in these last days to build a case for our salvation when we have to stand up before the Lord God on the great day of judgment, the day of the great reveal before the throne? Are you going to say, oh, I didn't know, you know, Will that be enough, sufficient enough to bring you permission, give you permission to, to cross the threshold of earth into the eternal kingdom of God? Jesus said, behold, the kingdom of God is here. So, Father, the kingdom is here. It is serious. This is a conspiracy. This is a war. It always has been. It's not an accident. I pray today that you give people the courage to not just give a head nod in the direction of truth, but actually to step into it, to walk into it, to stand, to cling to uh, Jesus Christ, who is the truth. Repent, change your minds, ask God for forgiveness and ask him for his salvation through Jesus Christ and through his blood. Father, we ask these things now in Jesus' name. Amen. So check us out at liferecovery.com. It's our website and we have a YouTube channel. Also lots of materials, books, teachings, tapes, manuals, etc. on that website. Um, today we're going to feature Taking the Devil to Court. It was the very first book I wrote um, after my experiences working with people in deliverance um, in some of the treatment pro programs that I was a part of. Taking the Devil to Court. It's the primer, the basic foundational principles that help us to understand the conspiracy. God bless you. Have a great week. I have an emergency. What is your location? Rescue Radio. Because there's a war for your soul.